Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of The Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, we are very lucky to have with us Chris Carosa. Hello, Chris. Hello, Tammy. So, Chris, why don't you tell us what is your business? What has you passionate? What has me passionate? Well, that's a lot of different things. (laughs) In fact, I once referred to myself as a serial entrepreneur uh, until I talked to someone who was really an entrepreneur, and he says, you're not a serial entrepreneur. You are a parallel entrepreneur. Yes, I start businesses and I never sell them. In fact, the one business that I sold, we actually got back. Oh. So, so by day, I'm an investment advisor. I manage people's money. I run a couple of mutual funds. I do a lot of fiduciary things. But by night is when I have fun and I do a lot of writing and I write for a lot of different organizations, both in the financial world and in the regular world. My wife owns a newspaper, and I'm the publisher of the newspaper. It's a community newspaper. I write a weekly column about every, anything from, say, white cream donuts to, you know, putting a red light on the corner there. <laughs> well, that's definitely interesting and varied. Well, I try to, I try to keep things moving. You know, it's, it's, it's very fun. My life is a lot of fun. Well, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that's the only way to live it. Like, we're going... Why would you be doing stuff if you're not enjoying it? I, it breaks my heart when I see these people that are basically dead inside and they just haven't booked the funeral. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is my kids think it's crazy. They think I'm crazy. But every time I talk to their friends, their friends are enthralled. They don't get it. Dad, how come everybody likes you so much? They think you're cool. I don't think you're cool. And, and that happens with a, lo- with a lot of people. Your kids are always going to go like, oh, my God, what's wrong with my parents? Where other kids go, you're awesome. Like, how did you get such an awesome mom or dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to report that that's what happens to me. So. <laughs> well, that's that is wonderful. And speaking and speaking of your kids, what is your family situation? Uh, well, like I say, my my wife runs the the publishing business, and I run the the investment business. Our kids are all adults now. Our youngest is 20. Uh, he's he's still going to school to be a civil engineer. Our middle child, 22, she is uh, interested in getting a PhD in psychology. And our oldest is 24. She works for a publicist in Hollywood. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Yes. But as you and I were talking about before, you were telling me about IRAs for kids. Now, being Canadian, I have very little idea of what that even means. 
Well, the United States has a little law that allows people to save money in a retirement account, and they could deduct that contribution from their taxes, so they save money immediately, and then that money grows tax-free over time. Okay, so similar to RRSPs here in Canada. Right, right, and th- those are those are dedicated to education funds, correct? No, no, no. There we have we have registered retirement. Oh, okay. Where you get a deduction on the money that you put in, and then it grows tax deferred, then it gets taxed on the way out. And then we have yes, registered yes. education savings plans, which are what typically people use for their kids. You don't get a tax deduction on anything that goes in, but you do get the Canada Education Savings Grant, which is an automatic twenty percent of every dollar you put in, up to twenty five hundred dollars a year, and then it grows tax deferred, and then it's taxed in the hands of the beneficiary when they take it out to go to school. So most kids are able to get the money out of their RESP tax-free. But RSPs, you can start them when you're 16, but typically you're not doing that because there's you're not making enough income to get any bang for the, the tax deduction. Yes, so I'm, I'm that's... curious when you were saying that you can do retirement accounts for kids. So tell me about that. So you're exactly right. The one reason why a lot of people don't do this is because kids need to earn money. And a lot of kids don't earn money until they're teenagers when they're old enough. There are a lot of state and federal laws that say children can't work until they're 14, unless, of course, it's for their parents' business. Then usually they can work at any age unless it's a dangerous business. There is one type of profession, though, that any child can work at from the moment they're born, and that is modeling and acting. It doesn't require a lot of effort. You just sit there and smile. So it's pretty easy. And obviously it's, it's in demand because if you see diaper commercials, they, you know, they have babies, uh, baby food, things like that. So there are the, there are opportunities. There are not a lot of opportunities. And by the way, those opportunities are not limited just to baby products. You may see something like a, a tire commercial, a tire commercial that emphasizes safety and who you're going to protect. And so they'll show little little babies or they'll show children. And those are all child actors or models, and they get paid for that. And that money can be put into an IRA. The book I wrote, From Cradle to Retirement, gives plenty of case studies of parents who have actually done this and how they've done it and where they've done it and what sort of effort is entailed in doing it. One of the things in, in, in the United States, at least, with their IRAs, is if you're below 18, technically you can't sign a contract. So you, you're not able to actually set up an IRA, but your parents can for you. I call it a child IRA in my book, but custodians will call it either a custodial IRA or a minor IRA. They have various names for it. I just say child because that's focusing, you know, the parents' attention on exactly what they need to do to get their kids saved up for their retirement. Now, let me tell you how powerful this is, and and I'll tell you the story about how I sort of discovered this. It's not new. It's not like I invented this. It's always been there. Uh, But I was doing a Boy Scout merit badge program for teenagers, and I had to show what happened if they started saving for retirement at age 15. I built a spreadsheet to do this. I accidentally started the spreadsheet at age zero. And I didn't notice that until I was getting through it. So why these numbers are too big? I, I, this is something's wrong here. And I, all I did was I put in a thousand dollars a year. So a thousand dollars a year from age zero to age 19, when they turn 19, that's it. So it's only $19,000 total that you put into this IRA. If you grow that 
at an average that's 3% less than the historic return when they retire at age 70, two and a quarter million dollars. That's a pretty good head start, and it's all tax-free. If you do this right, it could be all tax-free. So how would it be tax-free down in the States? I'm, I'm trying to understand how this is different than, like, RSPs in Canada, because it's, it's tax-deferred. You only pay tax when you go to take it out in retirement or a withdrawal early. So how can it be tax-free down in the States? And that's a question that a lot of people ask because they assume that child IRAs are just like adult IRAs. What they don't remember is if you're not making a lot of money, you can get by without paying any taxes. You'll still pay payroll taxes, but you won't pay any income taxes because you're making just too, uh, too, too small amount of money. If you're not paying taxes up front, you have no advantage of getting a tax-deferred contribution into an IRA. So we have Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs sort of go away. They, they don't have that tax deferral. It's money that you put in that's after tax, and then it grows tax-free. And when you take it out, it is also tax-free. Oh, so okay. So it's similar because what we have up in Canada and have had since 2009, it's called a tax-free savings account. So it's, right. okay, it, it, sounds, it sounds similar to that. Right. Now, there's an even more amazing trick in this, and that is if you own a family-owned business, so a mother or father who owns a business, and they are the sole owner for the business, and they hire their children, as long as those children are minors, so below the age of 18, they don't even pay payroll taxes. So theoretically, you can put your children on the payroll, so to speak, pay them and not pay any taxes, limit how much they make so they're not subject to any income taxes, make sure they earn a, a, the maximum amount of what's a, what they can contribute to an IRA, which is $5,500, and just put that in into a Roth IRA. It goes in after tax, but you're not paying any taxes, so it's essentially tax-free going in, and it's tax-free coming out. So it's a very, very powerful tool that I don't think a lot of parents know about and a lot of business owners know about. And there's also a theory of why they don't know this. And what, what, what's your theory? Because I have one too. <laughs> well, think about it. Any sort of financial product, somebody's pushing it. Somebody is going to get paid for it. Somebody's going to make money on it. The professionals that I talk to, some of them actually do bring this up, and there's a, there's a reason why they do that. But many of them think, well, this is really just two small potatoes. I'm not going to be able to earn enough money to feed my family on just $5,500 a year contributions. I need larger accounts. So they don't push these things. The ones that do, though, have an advantage because now they are putting their arms around the entire family and they're showing their clients how, they, how they're really helping beyond just the dollars and cents that they have right now, but how they're planting the seeds for the future. And, and this child IRA for family owned businesses in particular is a way to both save taxes immediately and increase family wealth over time. What family wouldn't want to be interested in that? Yeah. And the big thing is like, it, it's quite similar up in, in Canada here with my industry. If people, if, if the advisors are not putting in the time and effort to educate and they go, Oh no, it's too small a potatoes or anything. Like one of the things I do a lot of the registered education savings plan. And you don't make much money off of them. They're next to nothing, and there's nothing worse than for paperwork than an RESP. So they just don't want to do it. They say, go to go to the bank. Let them do it. And I'm going, are you kidding me? 
The bank isn't there to help your clients. They're there to rip them off and try and steal them from you. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and for for us, what I tell people, and because I'm in the business, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, well, the reason why you're doing this is because you want people to use you. I said, no, I, I'm doing this because I'm a financial writer, and I actually want to help other professionals work with their clients to help them do what they need to do to, to get what's ever in the best interest of the clients. But on the on the Kickstarter campaign that I did, I did a video. And in the video, it says you can do this with any bank, broker, or mutual fund that you're currently working with. You don't have to change. You can keep everything the same. And the big thing is, because I also do do the writing and I do speaking and all that. And yes, I do. I do want clients myself, but there's only one of me and there's only so many people I can work with. And I can't be everywhere. But I'm going, if people start learning about money and what the different options are and how to ask questions, the whole world gets better because the financial literacy rate in Canada in particular is beyond dismal. And Americans are better, but not that much when it comes to financial literacy. Yeah, I I don't think that we have anything to write home about when it comes to that. I'm very fortunate. I write for the professional audience as well as the mass market. And I have a very large uh, subscriber base of professionals. So I'm talking to them. I'm getting feedback from them. I'm helping them directly and doing exactly what you say. I'm just one person. I can't help everybody as much as I'd like to. But if I can convince other people who can help people, then that just multiplies it out and more and more people are helped. And I like that idea. Yeah, we need to work together to raise the bar for everyone. (laughs) Right, right. So working with, with the parents and the kids and stuff, like, what are some of the questions and stuff? Like, do you ever have the kids coming with their parents to be, because their parents want them to learn about it? I've actually talked to probably about uh, two or three dozen parents who have done this. And some of them work with their children directly. Some of them, the children are just too young. They don't okay. understand. What I've also noticed is that, and I think I'm going to write a story about this too, because uh, this is interesting. A lot of people who are doing this are in the financial services profession. They're very well aware of the power of compounding and they see this as an advantage. And so they do it for their own kids. A lot of them have their own small businesses. So it's, so it's pretty easy for them to do, but that doesn't mean they're the only people who do it. A lot of other parents do it too. And I've talked to them about how do they explain this to their children? At what point do their children actually understand and know about what this means? Well, when the kids are little, they don't really know, and they don't really understand, and in fact, what they want to do with any money they earn is buy something, buy a toy, buy some candy, whatever, and they do. And the great thing about this is that even though the children earn the money, the contribution doesn't have to come from that dollar that they got paid with. They could spend that dollar, and the parents can gift them a dollar to put in, and there's no problem with that. So the children really don't understand when they're young. When they're older, say maybe when they get a teenager towards high school, not necessarily that long, some of them in their middle school when they, they, they understand what's going on, that's when they start really getting it. And a lot of kids really, really get excited about it when they see, especially when they see the money earning over time. And I think that there's two kinds of excitement that I noticed. First is when the kids become adults. So I've interviewed people who are now adults who were who had child IRAs, whose parents set up these IRAs for them when they were children. And to a 
2A1, they all agree, I wish I would have put in more money. Yeah. <laughs> they all understand that now. And this is, these are kids that are, they're kids. They're not kids, they're children of adults. But these are adult children now in their 20s and 30s. They understand they should have put in more money. That makes them more committed to do it for their own kids, which is really great because this is how you you multiply the benefit. You, you start with one generation and they see, oh, I could have done a lot better if I would have just done this. Then they do it for their kids, and I'm sure their kids will say, well, we could have done it a lot better if we did it like this. And it goes on and on, and it perpetuates this sort of a self-independence, you know, self-reliance. So you don't have to rely on say, outside sources for sustaining your retirement. And the fewer people that do that, then the longer any sort of retirement programs will be able to survive. I mean, in America, we have an issue with Social Security that, you know, may be hitting some sort of brick wall in around a dozen years or so. So that's an issue. There's another type of child that I find is really excited about this, and these are child entrepreneurs. Child Child entrepreneurs, and there are a lot of them. There's a lot of support programs for kids wanting to go into business. And I've, and I've interviewed them as well as their parents. And I think that the kids, as entrepreneurs, they're excited about the business. You asked me what I was passionate about. Well, as an entrepreneur, you're passionate about your business. Well, you need to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Once they realize, well, there's something beyond this business. The business isn't just an end in itself. It's a means to an end. And now you can start putting the revenues that you make to work for you, not just for your business. When they see that, they're saying, oh, wow. You know, so, so those, so they're more inclined to be excited about this too. Not all of them. I mean, I think they're still kids. And so they're, they're still focused on the today as opposed to the tomorrow, but they're more inclined to understand why it's important to set up these IRAs now. Yeah. It gets, it starts the conversation, which is what. We need to be doing a lot more. We need, reason why I do the podcast is because we want people to be learning and asking questions and getting over the taboo of talking about the subject, period. Right. To wrap up here. So obviously you and I share an awful lot of passions. If you could pass on to kids nowadays three things that they need to know to be successful in the financial world, what three things would you say they need to know? Well, obviously, it all starts with the power of compounding, how working early, doing something early just reaps a lot of benefits down the road, years down the road. That's number one. Number two is <laughs> don't get caught up in the today's news. I mean, this is as a, as somebody in the stock market, you know, this is classic. You just people watch the news, they read the news and they, they do two things. I guess I'll, I'll, make these last things into two things. One is they get too confident. They think that the market is going to grow forever. And they don't realize that it goes in cycles, and that means it's going to go down. So they get confident, and they end up buying at high prices. They're not buying on fundamentals. They're buying at high prices. The flip side and the third thing is don't get depressed when the market gets depressed. The market is going to go down. The economy is going to go down. That's what happens. It goes in cycles, but it doesn't last forever. The problem that people have at this at this point is they sell when they should be buying. So it's sort of like get get a little bit of control of your own psychology and 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 develop some sort of discipline when it comes to managing your money. Yes, very very much agree. <laughs> 
So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. It was a very interesting conversation to hear about some of the different things that can be done north and south of the border. Well, thank you, Tammy, for inviting me. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing more about your books in the future. Have a good day. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.